Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. This is the official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joseph Health System. Brought to you by Coca-Cola, Sirius XM, Chili's, Papa Vino's, South Bend Orthopedics, South Bend Airport, West Bend Insurance, Centier Bank, and ABC 57 News. Also by Pet Refuge, Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, OSMC, and the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Well, that was the gamut of emotions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, not just not just in that game either, just in the last 15 seconds of that game. Uh, Notre Dame finally picking up its first uh, win of the year, 24-17. It is the official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joseph Health System uh, here on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Jimmy Rosari with Reggie Brooks. Uh, here at Notre Dame Stadium, uh, in deep in the bowels of Notre Dame Stadium, and uh, yeah, that last that last fifteen seconds was uh, uh, worth the price I, of admission, I, huh? Yeah, yeah. That's why you. That's why they print those tickets and sell them at such a high price because that was worth it. But uh, Notre Dame picking up the uh, the big win. Your initial thoughts? I liked the fact that we outrushed an opponent. It's been a while right? since we've done that, right? This has been a while since we've done that. And, you know, they stuck with the run game. And the thing that really stuck out to me is we moved away not so much the zone, outside zone or zone scheme, mm-hmm. to a more power downhill run game. And I think it, it's, that's where we're, we're going to be most successful is because these, the offensive line, they're learning how to work together. And you, do, you can do that better by going straight ahead versus trying yeah. to – reach a, a defender uh chris tyree making his presence felt today yes i mean and he's kind of been um kind of out of out of sight out of mind it yeah. was kind of surprising because he was such a uh, impactful player you know last year and right, i, I right, really right. thought he was going to be that next guy up and you know it, it turned out to be estimate which is fine it's just but you know i like the fact that we have kind of Getting back to that two-headed monster type yeah, of run game. Yeah, that's that I think is going to be great for them. I mean, you know, you got the speed guy in Tyree, you got the power guy in Estime. That is perfect, perfect for what Notre Dame needs. Uh, of course, we'll take a look at the stats here uh, coming up. But one forty-seven to one twelve, as far as rushing yards go for uh, for Notre Dame over Cal today. That was that was again, you know, out rushing a team. The other thing, we made some corrections in the that second too. half. Which the previous three games, yeah. or previous two games, uh, three, uh, going back to the bowl game, we hadn't done well coming out of the half in terms of adjusting to, uh, the, the, and to making the corrections for the second half. So th- it was good to see the corrections made both on the offense and defensive end, and it was also good to see, you know, the defense creating turnovers and yeah. being a little more aggressive in attacking. I will say I'd like to see them be a be- do a better job of uh, 
tackling guys and getting guys on the ground. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I was saying that too. Even up in the press box, I was like, man, they if if they would tackle somebody, they'd be they'd be so far ahead in in the the uh, time of possession game, and they and they won that too. Uh, Thirty three minutes to uh, almost twenty seven minutes too. So. Uh, some things went right, especially in the second half of, uh, of this game today. 24-17, Notre Dame picking up its first victory of the season. We'll get deeper into it coming up next here on the official Notre Dame football postgame show on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. That's Michael Mayer's touchdown from, uh, from the second half. A quiet day for Michael Mayer, but a pretty big catch there with that, uh, with that touchdown. Just two catches for 10 yards. And uh, and Notre Dame p- uh, pulling out the twenty four to seventeen win over Cal. It is the official Notre Dame football post game show on Sunny one hundred one point five and Sports Radio nine sixty WSBT. Uh, a tale of two halves, really. Yes, and again, you look at the first half. It just seemed to me that Drew was very uh, tense. Yeah, and you know the throws that he was trying. He was trying to be perfect instead of going out and letting the game come to him. And, and again, I go back to the running game. You saw a lot more trying to do the the, the zone blocking, and we struggle with that. And in, in the passing game, we're still allowing those those stunts and blitzes mm. to to confuse us, and and particularly coming up the middle. Yeah. And when we uh, allowed that first sack, it was the the right guard in the center and the right guard not communicating well. And that's so important to have as an offensive line to understand, you know, again, if something is going away, something's coming back. But in this case, you know, the Corral just – he just blocked the second guy. It's like a guy crosses your face. You got to take him. Take the first guy. That was just mind-boggling to me. Yeah. Uh, Pine starting out too. Uh, you're you're absolutely 100% right there. Uh, he looked nervous, like he he wasn't anywhere in the neighborhood on on some of those passes. And <laughs> being up in the press box, I was just like, oh boy, here we go. Uh oh, this is uh this could get ugly. Yeah, I, but just in his history, he's had a he's been a more of a gamer, yeah, quarterback. So I, I felt again if you calmed him down, I did see on. A replay. They uh, showed Tommy Reese on the phone yeah, with him. Yeah, I Woo! saw that too. And it's like you know, <laughs> colorful. <but laughs> one that's the thing. It, you know, this. You know, we've I've had conversations with different guys. Like I said, it's, it's important to let guys know where they stand, mm-hmm. and you know, you can't get easily offended when a coach right jumps you and gets yeah. in your stuff, and and be okay with again. You're trying to get something accomplished. Mm-hmm. And he made in the same series made two horrible throws and you know to to the a wide open Michael Mayer you, yeah. your your best receiver mm-hmm. and you 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 drop one at his feet and then you airmail yeah. one that again that was just great and I watched the replay of the move that he made on the on the defender and it's like that's what you're looking for yeah. since a guy to create separation. You got to put the ball on him and give him a yeah. chance. Yeah, yeah. The mayor did everything that he needed to do, but you know, Drew Pine was still kind of you know coming back down to earth after after I guess the high of uh, you know being thrown into the situation that he was thrown into, basically. Yeah, you got to wonder kind of where where his mindset was and how you know 
again, that's a stressful position. Oh, yeah. Being the quarterback yeah. at Notre Dame <laughs> is a very stressful position. And I was glad to see him, you know, you know, eventually calm down and, and then start making the throws that he is more than capable of making. And he did a great, some great things with his legs, especially in the, in the first half. It's like, you know, hey, he, he worked himself into a better position and a, a better situation because he started to rely on his teammates mm-hmm. and stopped feeling like he had to be the savior because that's, right. that's not the position you want to put yourself in, especially coming in to, to, into a starting situation you know, from an injury. You know, prepare – but trust your preparation. Mm-hmm. In that first half, it just didn't look like he was very – he didn't trust the preparation that he had. But, I, you know, you saw him get it together. I hate to say it, it, it started to kind of get turned after he, Tommy jumped, <laughs> Tommy yeah, yeah, it jumped into it, it a little yeah. bit. <laughs> it really did. Uh, by the way, we will not be playing the sound of that exchange. <laughs> uh, but let's just say, whew. I would have straightened up, too, quite honestly. Uh, he didn't finish with bad numbers, either. 17 for 23, 150 yards, two touchdowns. No. That's no, a good day. No, no, and no, Again, no turnovers. Yeah, no turnovers. And this is the thing that, you know, you want to see from your quarterback. You know, and I always say this. You don't need to win the game. Just don't lose it. Right. Make the good decisions with the football. Do what's asked of you. And don't try to do something outside of what you're capable of. And as he settled in and got more comfortable with himself and where he was with the game, he started to make the plays, mm-hmm. moved around in the pocket, um, stepped up in the pocket. Let's be honest. The other thing, he was allowed to step up in the pocket. That hadn't been a, right. a, a yeah, prominent yeah. thing for, for the first few few weeks. So, you know, I also saw – and, again, I've, I've been very critical of the offensive line. Mm-hmm. But I saw some progress – because a couple of things I look for with the offensive line, when they come off the ball, are they creating a new line of scrimmage? And you saw, in the, particularly in the second half, mm-hmm. you start seeing guys firing off the ball, you know, move it, moving guys. And and the other is, you know, they started to better passing off in those uh, stunts to say, hey, someone's going away, someone's coming back, passing those off a little better, and just just seemed to be better communication in the second half. You can almost say that this game almost really didn't start until about halfway through the second quarter with uh, the eight three-and-out drives that started the game. I was yeah. like, We actually scored on that. that yeah. yeah. It yeah. Like the, and it took a, 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 <laughs> literally a, a, a quarter and a half before mm-hmm. we even put points on the board. Everybody was getting restless on that one. Yeah. It was just like, oh, God, another one. Not, not again. Not <laughs> again. Another three-and-out. Oh, God. John Sott for MVP in the Heisman. Uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we're we're not gonna do that. Yeah, right. Uh, rushing attack leading the way to Audric Estime with the uh, eighteen rushes, seventy six yards, and uh, Chris Tyree seventy uh, seventeen attempts on uh, on sixty four yards. Also leading the receiving game too. Well rounded yeah. game from the uh, from the running backs. Uh, five uh, for forty four with uh, Tyree and Audric Estime with the. Uh, Three for forty-three. Uh, Tyree a catching touchdown. Estimate with a running touchdown. And I really think the running game getting going yeah. had a lot of impact on being in position to make those huge. plays in the passing game. It's huge, huge today. So it, it's been it's been the one thing missing. Yeah, all season. And and I think this is an opportunity to to, to 
you know, you get this win, but you also get some confidence to yep. say, hey, we can, you know, move people. We can. I am still concerned about, again, our tackling. That's, and again, I, we had that issue last year, mm-hmm. early in the year, and I just think they just got to continue to practice it and get better at it um, because, again, you, you can't, you're not going to tackle, be successful tackling if you're not practicing tackling mm-hmm. on a consistent basis. And the tackling has been abysmal to this point. <laughs> yeah, it's, it really it's not is. been yeah. good. Yeah. We've got a lot to get to tonight. Uh, we've got uh, Marcus Freeman's post-game press conference still to come. Got some, probably some player press conferences. I'm sure that's, uh, that's probably going to be better energy than we had last week. Uh, we'll get uh, probably a couple of those on the air tonight, too. And, uh, of course, uh, continuing to break things down, we've got the opponent's scoreboard as well. And uh, all that's still to come on the official Notre Dame football post-game show. The official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joseph Health System here on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Jim Rosario with Reggie Brooks. Uh, we've, we've, we got one. <laughs> <laughs> we got one! Uh, Notre Dame winning today 24-17. to uh, That second half, they, it almost looked like a different team. Than yeah, we've seen. And, and, like there was a there was a fire today. Yeah, because that was uh, I was sitting up the stands, and the thing that really concerned me was the body language of the team in yeah. the first half. They just seemed lethargic and just kind of going through the motions. And I was even you know after the touchdown um, to Mayor, you know I'm thinking, okay, why are you guys not fired up? And, right, right. You know the benches. They were just kind of like, oh, okay. Cool. We scored. Keep yeah. it moving. And I'm like, you just scored. Yeah. Let's go. You, you, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, you, you're you in just, the game. You just did something really good. You can show a little emotion. It's okay. And, I, you know, you, you wonder about that. Again, I was never an emotional player, but, mm-hmm. like, if we scored or uh, something happened on defense, special teams, yeah, you got excited. Yeah. Yeah. There was, you know, and because that energy can be infectious, and you need that. To bring, to take you through sometimes, and it just seems like guys that first half, it's like you know. So I don't know what was said at, at halftime, right. yeah. But you, there was a different feel coming out of the second half when you know they got on the field. You saw them that energy level start mm-hmm. to, to to increase, and again, power football. I'm gonna harp on it because I just believe in it that much. It really creates opportunities when you can effectively run the football and and really push start pushing guys around. Could we start calling it Brooks Ball? <laughs> well, it was too many. I had too many other guys that are a lot more physical than I was. Okay, <laughs> you know that guy that was in my fullback, Jerome Bettis, and right. my brother. So I, I'm not going to take credit for that one. I just know it it's, it helps you be successful. Okay, all right, all right, good enough. Um, <laughs> it uh, they really did seem like a like they were just chomping at the bit to get out at at halftime. Um, how 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 much do you think coaches got at him throughout the week this week, well, and then the, especially the, at halftime as well? The thing that I would you know because you know coaches can can only get you so far. Yeah, you got to have some you know internal fortitude, and you also got to have some, that leadership. And this was kind of talked about the previous week. Is like, you know, we're the leaders. We're the captains. 
And you know, and you you heard Michael Mayer saying again that you know it's on us. So I think it was a lot more from the player side of of calling guys out and calling guys to the carpet and saying, "Hey, we're better than this," and it has a a a more definitive ring to it when it comes from a teammate mm-hmm. than it does from a coach. Again, I'm not saying the coaches don't impact that aspect because I know. You know, coaches I played for, you know, those that would get after you and, and, and demand more of you, yeah. you you have you responded to and respected. But it made it a when when you have teammates that hold you accountable, you don't you, you can be okay with a coach, you know, uh he's okay. Mm-hmm. But when you let a teammate down, yeah, whole different dynamic. Yeah, that today was a big today was a big game as far as this team coming together yeah and i was lady i was sitting with her and her husband we were talking about that came up it's like they're not playing as a team yeah and you saw and that was like i said when i I said i want to see what teams comes out in the second half and you saw guys playing more together rallying around the football especially i said tackling because guys are still missing tackles but you had more guys going at the ball and you know more yeah. bodies attacking the football, and you're able to get them down. Yeah, it, it just it said it before. Tale of two halves. Yeah. A tale of two halves. Uh, Drew Pine, good day. Seventeen for twenty-three, hundred fifty yards overall, two touchdowns, no turnovers. The running game showed up uh, and almost was almost kind of making up for lost time. Really, uh, forty-one rushes altogether between uh, estimate Tyree and also uh, some. Uh, some rushes from Drew Pine as well. 147 yards. That feels good to say. It does. Now, and the thing about it right now, you look at it and it's like, you know, 3.6 yard per carry average. You know, and, you know, that's not great. No. But it it was, what, half that last few few weeks? Yeah. It, it, God. Yeah. After Ohio State was what? You know, it was 76 yards, I think, after Ohio State. Uh, I think we were at maybe – Maybe got over eighty last week, and but they so. st- stuck with it, and they stuck yeah. with the more power run game, and it showed. When you when you have an offensive line that you know pass setting is is usually where you're catching. Mm-hmm. Offensive linemen like to hit. They're at their <laughs> best when they're hitting you in the mouth. <laughs> right. So when you are running plays that affords them that opportunity to hit instead of catch. Mm-hmm. They love that. Yeah. And I'm watching and I'm seeing guys running downhill, but I'm seeing offensive linemen coming off the ball, nice double teams, you know, stick, stand together, not, not falling off the block and just driving guys back, creating that new line of scrimmage to where backs can press the hole and you saw guys just, just pound it up in there. Estimate, pound it up in there. You know, Chris Tyree is more of a, you know, Fast, scat back, if you will. But he stuck it up in there. Yeah. Early on, he wasn't. He was still yeah. running kind of tentative. But he started saying, hey, just stick it up in there. Get the three or four yards. Yeah. Because last time I checked, you know, if you get three yards per play, that's 12 yards. Yeah. That's first down. Yeah. You can keep the, you can keep chains moving on that. that, that that'll yeah. keep it moving. Yeah, time possession becomes your friend. Yeah. And, you, and, and the defense gets and tired. And you wear them down. Yeah. Yes, you wear the defenders down. 
something could that still has to be cleaned up definitely uh penalties but there were some there were some dicey calls on both sides i thought today like the ref the, the officiating today was uh adventurous is that <laughs> is that is that a good term yeah we'll go go with that <laughs> okay. i'm i i try to avoid the the officiating cuz again it's yeah. it's it's frust- it can be frustrating mm-hmm. and this you know at I'm not. I don't like going back. But I always <laughs> said, you when you talk, look at the N- NFL. Mm-hmm. There's one officiating body. Every all the rules, and the interpretation of the rules, come from an entire officiating body. It's mm-hmm. not segmented by conferences. Right. And when you look at conferences, they have their. They'll have something that they want to, um, you know expound upon or take a look at or, or call or look at a certain way. So how some how your how you call holding in the SEC is a little different than you call holding in the Big yeah. 10. Yeah. You know how you how you look at interference in the uh in the Big 10 is different than the Pac-12. And you have these differing interpretations mm. that it it can get cumbersome at least in my mind. Yeah. I would love to see a officiating organization at the NCAA level as opposed to the conference level. Now, something that they definitely can clean up, the false starts. Oh, gosh, yeah. In that, you know, and my daughter's not a necessarily – she's – she wa- watches football just in passing. Mm-hmm. She noticed it. Yeah. That's I mean, that's not good. Yeah, that's, when, that's when, really you know, not good. <laughs> daughter notices the false starts. He got to fix that. <laughs> she shouldn't be noticing. She was like, "There's what three, four false starts already." Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. The two back to back. I've never seen that before. Yeah, I'm like, how, like, how did how, they call the second one? I I, I still don't get ugh. how you call that second one because like the they're not even moving. Yeah. Ugh. So I was I was, I was still confused by that. One. Anyway, uh, Notre Dame picking up the victory today, twenty four seventeen over California today. Uh, Notre Dame up to one and two. They head to North Carolina next week. Uh, we will hear from Marcus Freeman after picking up his first victory as the Notre Dame head coach. Uh, we will also hear from a couple of players as well. We've got the opponent's scoreboard still to go, and uh, we'll keep breaking things down. We've got to talk about that last 15 seconds, too, that that yeah, heart yeah. attack that was. Whew. Yeah. I, last time I checked, you knocked the ball down, right? That's, that's what I was you – know, you know, like, I, I never played, but I always heard, you know, knock you it down, knock the ball it down. down. Yeah. Why are we tipping the ball up? I don't uh, that that's that one that was a new one on me. So maybe the game has changed a little bit, and I'm it's just a new way of doing things. Just saying, I don't. I, we're bringing volleyball into it now. <laughs> Is that what we're doing? Anyway, uh, all that's still to come as the official Notre Dame football post game show presented by St. Joseph Health System rolls on on Sunny One Hundred One Point Five and Sports Radio Nine Sixty WSBT. The official Notre Dame football postgame show on Sunny 101.5 and uh, Sports Radio 960 WSBT, but, uh, presented by St. Joseph Health System. Uh, Marcus Freeman met with the uh, met with the media after the game. Here is his press conference. Found a way to finish, and um, 
I'm proud of those guys. And you know what? It, it is hard to win football games. It's hard. Um, you've seen it in the first three games. It's hard. And so I'm so proud of that group of guys to find a way to finish. Obviously, there's a lot of work to do. We have to get better. But um, you know what? Tonight's going to be about celebrating this victory. And, uh, you know, I'm proud of them. It's an honor to do it here at this university with this support system. Uh, this is a special day for me personally, but um, hopefully for this program, this university. I'll open up for questions. We'll go to Pete Byrne on your right, uh, second row. Coach, you're in the middle. First of all, how does it feel to get your first win here? Whew. I keep trying to tell myself to enjoy it. There's a lot of coaching um, that happened on that field today that we can learn from. But listen, if you don't take a minute to enjoy these things, you're going to regret it. And uh, that's what I keep reminding myself, man, is that enjoy this victory. Um, we'll get back to work tomorrow. But again, I want to celebrate with those guys. You know, this is uh, about those guys that work and prepare those coaches that prepared their tails off. This is uh, this is something special we're all going to share together. We've heard you talk a lot about how the success of this team will be up front on both sides of the ball. I'm curious your initial assessment on how you played on both lines today. You know, I did not love the way we played in the first half. Um, I, I got to go back and watch the film and see what the issues were. But I didn't – I know offensively we had a couple three and outs. We fumbled the ball the first half. It was just – we weren't playing clean football. Um, defensively, we held them 10 points. But, um, you know, we have to be better. And, you know, to see those guys come out in the second half and the offensive line really um, – dictate the running game and to see that in D-line get after the quarterback we're gonna that's, that's gonna be our our backbone we're gonna depend and rely on our O-line and D-line and, and I was really proud of the way they stepped up to the challenge in the second half. Tim Priester third row on your left. Coach obviously slow start for Drew Pine in the offense how did you guys get him to to settle in I know you relied on the running game a lot but um, yeah. he, he settled in a little bit after that. Yeah at first you're like okay just come on, he'll get it, and, you know, tap him on the shoulder pad. And then I said, okay, that's not working. And I kind of went to the other end of the spectrum, kind of ripped his butt a little bit. And um, that didn't work too much. We fumbled the next snap. I think that was after the fumble. But you know what? I told Drew, relax, man. Go out and be Drew Pine and, and execute. And it helped because you gained a little confidence in the running game in the second half. And then he started making those passes. And we had wide else have to do their job. It's not all Drew Pine. We had a couple of drops that we have to make sure that that doesn't happen. But um, he's a warrior, man. He is a competitor. And uh, he's a great example for everybody at Lockhorn because you'd never know when your, your number's going to be called. And Drew Pine always prepared as a starter. And uh, to see him get his opportunity, man, I'm really happy for him. You had three shots at a, a turnover down the stretch and still didn't technically still didn't get it. But um, you, know, you had the pass rush. You stopped the run. You contained their passing game. I mean, yeah. I, you did give up a long touchdown drive in the third quarter, but really settled in after that. Yeah, I remember I, I said to the sideline um, after we gave up that touchdown drive, I think we were down three. And I just said, this isn't going to be a repeat. Like, this isn't going to be here we go again. We're going to change the outcome of this game. And it's going to be by our offense going out there and doing what we have to do and executing. And then our defense, when we get the opportunity, we're going to go out there and execute. And that's what you saw. And uh, we needed that. That was a big moment for us because I could see it on some guys' faces. And even mine for a second, oh, shoot, here we go again. No, it's not here we go again. We're going to change the outcome by the way we execute and by how hard we play. And, and it was great to see that. And, and to answer your question on turnovers, it, you know what, I did see it was more deliberate. We were trying to get the ball out. We, you know, DJ Brown gets a penalty. 
for trying to rip the ball. He throws the guy down. We got to stop on the whistle. And that was the right call, but it was deliberate. And I mean, you just can't buy one at the end, end of the game. JD gets the, the targeting and you almost get a chance to last play the game, but we're going to focus on the positives. We're going to focus on the positives. Tim O'Malley, front row on your right. Coach, you had five, six defensive linemen, I think, combined for six sacks, six more quarterback hurries. Is that kind of what you envisioned in the second half of games, that that unit would take over games, even if, even if the other team had some success early passing? Yeah, it's a deep unit. And, you know, I, I, was, I was hard on them. Um, Coach Washington, I was hard on that unit. And even after the first half, you know, a couple QB scrambles and, but they know I believe in, and there was one point, Jason Adamiola in the second half, he walked over to me and said, coach, I got you. I got you. Went out and made a sack. And that's what you want, man. You want some guys that take ownership in the performance on the field. And that's a deep group. Coach Wash does an excellent job with that group. And uh, we're going to need them all. We're going to need them all to have a relentless pass rush. What was your conversation with Coach Reese, either halftime or I guess maybe midway through the second quarter when the offense started moving a little better? It seemed like you wanted to all of a sudden running the ball on the first down, getting some positive yards, staying ahead of the sticks was the key to to finally moving the ball there. Yeah, that might have been mentioned on the headset. Um, listen, Coach Reese is a great coach, and, and you know he's just as frustrated as, as everybody else in terms of the outcome. And um, I got his back, like I told him. And, and yeah, I wanted to run the ball. I felt like we were moving the ball and let's continue to run it. But you can't run the ball the whole game. You know, that to me, that opens up some holes in the pass game. And so I was proud of him saying, okay, you know what, let's go. Let's get some runs. Let's get the the, the momentum going. And then he kind of took over. He made the check. Um, that touchdown, Audrey, I'm sitting there screaming, like, get the call, go, 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 go. And he's like, coach, I got a check. Bam, made the check, scores a touchdown. I'm like, that's why I need to shut up and let you do your job. And so I'm proud of him and that whole offensive staff, man. It's guys, it was a tough week for all of us, from me on down, that we had to really look at ourselves and, and really say, okay, what do we have to do to enhance? Sometimes you don't want to hear, you really don't want to know where the negative aspects of what you're doing are. But in, for order, in order for us to get better, you had to take a deep dive into yourself first. Me as the head coach, our position coaches, onto our players and, and really take accountability for our performance and, and attack it in practice. Listen, we didn't play a great, perfect game, but we found a way to win. And we're going to guess what? We're going to have to do that after a victory. We're going to have to go back on Sunday, enjoy this thing tonight, and take a deep dive into where we have to execute better and what we have to do. But uh, it's a lot better after a win. Staying in the front on your left, Patrick Engel. Marcus, it seemed like going off of what you said, some of the, the early plan or what worked as it went on was try to get some guys out on the perimeter and, and quick throws. What did you like about that as far as maybe what suits your skill player strength, but also for Drew just to see the ball go in receiver's hands? Yeah, he's most comfortable on those little bit on the run and getting easy passes. In the very first play of the game, we had, a, had him on the run, rolled out, and the easy pass, and we end up dropping it. And, yeah, it's got to be a better throw, but we got to execute. We got We got to make sure that – we got to have people that make the quarterback look good, you know, and, and a lot of, you know, res the result of play falls on the shoulders of the quarterback, but there's so much that happens during a play that really dictates the outcome, but quarterback's going to have to answer to it, you know? And so again, Drew just continued to battle. He continued to make good decisions and uh, he finished the game for us. What's going through your mind in that final minute where you think you've got it wrapped up in the targeting and then, think you have the sack and that's or the fumble and that's overturned just yeah. as far as like come on almost or it was a, anxious it was a conversation between me and God there was a conversation between me and myself to focus on what matters and I looked at JD and I wanted to talk to JD and it, but there was a lot of things going on my head but ultimately 
you know what, you got to focus on what it takes to execute. And, um, you know, but there was some, Lord, what is going on? Um, and to look at JD and say, JD, really? But, you know, that's, that's, you know, that's the challenge, Patrick, is that our minds can drift, mine included, to the outcome, to the future, right? To, okay, last week, man, if we can beat Cal, then we go to, you can't worry about that. You have the minute that happens, get your mind back to what it takes to give yourself a chance to have success. And that's our preparation. And it's the same thing today, right? And that we're going to enjoy this thing. We'll go back tomorrow. We're not worried about, man, we, we got to beat North Carolina. We're going to buy. No. What does it take to have success? We got to evaluate. You got to practice it and then get to Saturday when it comes. Staying in the front on your right, Pete Sampson. Marcus, was, was the second half offensively an example of like, accepting who you guys are offensively and is that difficult as a coach sometimes when maybe you want to be like up tempo take deep shots like you did last week but that's just not who your personnel is right now yeah um for this game that's what we had to do you know I'm not saying this is going to be who we are every game all year we have to take advantage of you know, where we feel like we can have success against the defense we play. And today it was, we weren't having success early uh, in the first, the first part of the game with our quick game and um, handling snaps. And so we said, okay, right now, the, the edge we have is being able to run the ball. And so to me, that's what we got to be able to do. I don't, listen, our identity, yep, we're an O-line, D-line driven program. We got to be able to run the ball, but you can't just say, this is what we're going to do. That's it. You got to be able to adjust to what is having success and adjust to what an offensive defense is giving you. It, during the week, uh, Reese talked about Tyree and the trust you guys have in him. Was today an example or, of that? And like, what does it do to sort of have a reliable skill position guy like him? Yeah, um, it was tough because, you know, Logan was out. Really, he had an illness on Thursday, missed practice Thursday with an illness. And, you know, in our minds, it was like, okay, we're going to have to ride the back of, of Chris and Audric right now. And, and um, they both ran the ball really well. Uh, you know, I don't know how many yards they had, but but I thought they both did a good job in the backfield with the ball. Third row on your right, Matt Fortuna. Marcus, what did you see from Drew during the week? I mean, it was his first career start, but he's obviously played a lot of football. He got you guys to win. What did you see from him during the week about just accepting the challenge and responsibility? Oh, man, he was he was a little bit too excited. I'm like, Drew, calm down, calm down. I text him on Monday or Tuesday, I can't remember what day it was. I said, I told you at some point the season this time is going to come. And I did. I was in my office when we told him that we were going to name Tyler Buckner the quarterback. And I said, at some point during this year, you're going to have to lead this program to a victory and maybe multiple victories. And uh, I text him, here it is. And, and he was so excited. And um, he's preparing, preparing. We had to kick him out of the office a couple of times. Go home, get some rest, stop watching film. But that's who Drew Pine is. He's an ultimate competitor. He's going to prepare the right way. And uh, this is going to be a momentum builder for him. And that is Marcus Freeman, uh, the post-game press conference here on uh, the official Notre Dame football post-game show. Uh, your thoughts? It just reminds me of, like I said, he is, in his heart, you, know, you kind of get lost in that. He's 36 years old. Yeah, yeah. That is, you know. He's younger than you, me. Yeah, and as you just look at the youth, but you also look at again, he's learning as he goes too. Yeah, and again, that that having that grace to let him work through it because he's letting his players work through it, and he has a a better connection with the players because he's a little closer to them in terms mm -hmm. of you know 
age and, and kind of understand that mindset. And, again, it's just weathering the storm and understanding what you need to get done. And he, he has the right perspective. And the fact that I got heard again, he said he got on him. Mm-hmm. You know, when you when I hear that, I was like, that's not something he's been doing. Right, right. And so and I, I really think, again, the more, you know, to force accountability of your teammates, of, of the team, the better they'll get and the closer they'll get. You know, that second half, I start to see the the beginnings of a team as opposed to individuals going out playing and doing their thing. Yeah. It uh, it does say something to me, too. There, There's a lot of learning going on with him, even. Yes. Uh, I mean – I mean, just case in point, you know, how how gracious he's been in welcoming back, you know, uh, you know the legends of, of Notre Dame, you know, former players and, and, and whatnot. And, you know, I mean, that can be a great learning tool right there. And, of course, you know, he's got, uh, you know, some head coaching experience on his staff, too, uh, yep. with Al Gold. Al Gold. Uh, you know, like, he's he's set himself up to, to learn from some – pretty good you know some pretty good minds here and i think that's that's the thing you know the broader notre dame nation needs to be cognizant of is that you know he's learning as well mm-hmm. and he has a staff that you know that's learning too because notre dame is is has its own way of doing things mm-hmm. and you have to adjust to those and, and you know learn the the community, the community that you're in, yeah. and that's the thing that as he continues to build on that and learn, as the, the coaches continue to learn, but also as the players learn, mm-hmm. you know, and learn what it means to be a teammate, learn what it means to be to prepare, and also to adapt. Yep, you know, and that was the thing that I liked about that second half is that there was some adaptation not only by the team, but by the coaches. And I and, and he mentioned it as like you know not being one dimensional. This this team in my mind needs to find an identity, and I really believe it starts with the run game, mm-hmm. and particularly offensively. You know, and I'm not a proponent of saying, oh yeah, just go out and just throw the ball or run the ball every time. Right. That that's not going to work. No, not in this. No. Not in this. But establish your presence yeah. in the run game. And be okay with, you know, taking the three, four yards. You know, you don't always because something's going to pop eventually. Oh yeah. But if you yeah. continue to push and press, and continue to, to to drill, defenders don't like getting hit in the mouth. And the more you do it, it wears them down. And that where that's when you can take that shot downfield because you've worn them down, and they're they're looking. You know, you, they're bracing to get hit in the mouth again. Mm-hmm. And then when you come, play action, you can take some shots downfield. But it starts by being physical, you know, up front and establishing that identity that we're going to be a physical football team and we're going to hit you in the mouth and you're going you're gonna to have to be ready to deal with that for four quarters. Speaking of defense, we got to talk about the defense here coming up. Yes. So, because there there's some numbers – 
that uh, are eye-popping about in, between the two defenses. Impressively so. Yeah, very, very impressively so. Uh, that's all still to come. We've still got uh, some player press conferences as well. We've got the opponent's uh, scoreboard, too. All to come here on the official Notre Dame uh, football postgame show presented by St. Joseph Health System on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Second down goal from the half-yard line coming up. Drew Pine has Audric Estime to his right. Pine still in the shotgun, standing on his six-yard line. Takes the snap, gives to Estime. Leaps into the end zone. Touchdown, Notre Dame. That's Audric Estime's touchdown uh, from today's 24-17 Irish victory over California. This is the official Notre Dame football postgame show on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Uh, I'm going to read some totals from the defense, and I'm going to go with California first. (laughs) Two sacks, two tackles for loss, uh, one pass breakup, zero uh, quarterback hurries. Notre Dame, six sacks, eight tackles for loss, three pass breakups, Six quarterback hurries. And I almost fumble recovery. Yeah. And force fumble and fumble recovery for a touchdown. But right. Just, uh, just <laughs> missed it. Just <laughs> missed it by a knee. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the defense was great, especially in the second half today. Again, this is, you know, defining that identity, you know, getting after the quarterback mm-hmm. and, and putting pressure. Because there were at least another three, three to four sacks that were – Right there for him. They just couldn't quite get 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 him down. I, I got a hats off to Plummer. He yeah. he he <laughs> he was he, dealing with a lot today. Yeah, <laughs> dealing with a lot and did a lot to to you know keep his team in it. Um, so very impressed with his his game. But this defense was relentless. You know, and you look at the totals, six sacks. I mean, it's 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 been a while. It's been a yeah. while since we've gotten consistent pressure on the quarterback. But this is what was expected of this defensive line yes. coming into this year. Yes, it was. I, you know, and I was first one to say I've been, you know, thoroughly disappointed with how the defensive line had played um, up until this point. And it, you know, and, that, and Marcus talked about how you know he went and talked to uh, Al, you know, defensive mm-hmm. uh, line coach, and said, you know, hey, you know, let's let's get this thing going. Let's get after These it. Are the yep. And again, working, just continue to work, continue to compete, and the Adam and Adam and Lola brothers, both of those guys really got after it. Howard Cross, Howard you know, Cross is having a heck of a season. Him and our secondary has played yeah. very well all year. I've been very impressed with Tariq Bracy, um, the freshman uh, Ben Morrison, um, and you look at. You know the the starting corners. I mean, you know Lewis. Lewis was picked on last year. Yeah, yeah, he was. And he's starting to come. You know, Cam Moore, <laughs> um, Cam Hart. Those guys. You know, they they struggled. And you look at them, and they, this year, our secondary has been is a lot better than what I expected them to be. It's mm-hmm. literally the reverse of what I thought we were going to see. I thought we were going to see a dominant offensive line. I mean, defensive line. And then the secondary, you're going to have to kind of, like, cover things up with the safety position. But these guys have stepped up, 
and uh, played extremely well. And now you see the defensive line, you know, picking it up. And I think that gives that's going to give you a, a, a pretty effective one-two punch because um, I know that's something that Al Golden is probably furious about, and I think it's been mentioned the fact that they're not they hadn't gotten the turnovers right, you know, defensively, and that's that's where it starts. I mean, you see, you know, the six sacks, the the, the hurries, the tackles for loss. They keep that up. It, it's going to yeah, come. Yeah, it's going to come because yeah. you're going to get some guys again. It's going to be. A little loose with the football, you get it, you strip it out, and the better they become tackling, and the more confidence they gain in their tackling, then they're going to st- take that next step of ripping balls out. Mm-hmm. But the first thing you have to do is get the guy on the ground, be confident, and get you know in your tackling, and that next step is start creating turnovers, strip sacks, you know, stripping the stripping the receiver, stripping the the runners that have the ball. That's when the turnovers come, but it starts with getting pressure on the quarterback, getting guys on the ground, you know, tackling at a, at, a, at a much better clip. But I do love the fact that this defense, you're starting to see some swarming mm-hmm. and attacking the football and being around the football on a consistent basis. Tackling needs to get better. Uh, there, were, there were a couple of where they were so close to getting the sack, yeah. and then Plummer you know, was able to you know, squirm his way out of it and pick up like 20. On a run, and because um, you got you know, you're playing yeah. man coverage, <laughs> yeah. you got to be disciplined in your 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 lane as a mm-hmm. as a pass rusher. You cannot you know if he spits you, if he gets it gets by you. There's there's a lot of real estate out there that because yeah. <laughs> you're you're the defensive backs are, are locked up, linebackers are locked up in man. When you get you got to hit home. Yeah. You got when yeah. you get there, you got to hit home. You can't let that let him get away. Yep, absolutely. Jacob Lacey today, five tackles, uh, three of them solo, two sacks today, and uh, also two tackles for loss. We are going to hear from him next here on the official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joseph Health System. It's the official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joseph Health System on Sports Radio 960 WSBT and Sunny 101.5. He's Reggie Brooks. I'm Jimmy Rosari. Uh, we've got Jacob Lacey's press conference from uh, from the postgame uh, media scrum. Uh, he had five tackles today, three of them solo, two sacks, as, as well as uh, two tackles for loss. Let's hear from Jacob Lacey today. Jacob, uh, what was it like for the defensive line to, to be challenged, I guess, in game by, by Coach Freeman and then to have to come time after time after quarterbacks yes, with that escape ability? Yeah, well, we prepared all week for this. Uh, we knew we had a chance to get after the quarterback. We emphasized it every day. Um, and it served him out sometimes, but uh, as you can see, it paid off. And I wasn't the only one that, you know, benefited from that. We had a crazy day on the offensive line, uh, defensive line, and uh, we're only going forward from here. So, What did it mean to you when Foskey comes back in the game? It seemed like he'd been out a couple of series. Um, what can you say about the, the courage he showed, the play through, whatever he's yeah. dealing with? Well, I would say we definitely have one of the toughest, if not the toughest, defensive line uh, players in the country you know we all we get banged up and have little injuries here and there but what you see is we fight through everything and it's not only that we fight through it we still make plays through it uh, and it's just it's just fun to watch so on your right uh second row can you take us through the emotions of the final minute obviously it looked like you guys won the game 17 times yeah. and <laughs> and then didn't and then finally did at the end to finally get that first win just take us through those emotions it was a roller coaster for sure um you got the interception and then the fumble recovery, you know, you're up and down, but 
we knew as soon, if we were on the field, the game was going to end regardless. We weren't worried about the next play. We weren't worried about them scoring. Honestly, we just knew we had to execute. And that's what we did. How critical was it for this defense to have a fourth down or fourth quarter like this after the way the last two weeks went? It's everything we worked for. Uh, it was one of our keys to victory, finishing in the fourth quarter. We talk about it every week. Uh, we fell short a couple of times, but now we're on the right track and uh, we can still do even better. We still had some mistakes. So, uh, yeah. Back row on your right. Jacob, what was Coach Freeman's message after the game, and how was it different when aside from the last two weeks? It was definitely way more electric for sure. It was fun. Uh, the locker room felt great. His message was, you know, this is not it. This is the this is just the start, and we're only going forward from here. But we're gonna enjoy this one, see where we messed up, and just get back to work. Could you kind of sense him struggling to enjoy the win while also wanting to coach you in that moment already? I mean, he had a smile on his face with the words he was saying. Um, you know, head coach has got to say what they got to say, but uh, he does a great job, so I'm thankful for him. Uh, front row on your left, Patrick Engel. Jacob, we've seen you come off the bench or start in a pinch and come up with big games and others too. Like, I guess, what did it feel like or what's the reward now where it's kind of a game where you guys as a defensive line kind of flex your guys' depth and put up the production you did? So, honestly, it's the greatest feeling ever, just knowing that we probably have 11, 12 guys that can run out there and be as good or if not, you know, better than the guy that was just in front of him. It depends who's hot that day. It's just fun to see the way we all execute, no matter who's on the field. It meshes really well. One more over there. Kyle Kelly. Hey, Jacob. Uh, Coach Freeman mentioned a moment uh, during this game where he was hard on you guys, mm -hmm. possibly throughout the week as well. But you told him that you had him. What really gave you the motivation during that moment? Could you kind of expand on that? Yeah, it was just the refusal to lose, honestly. You know, we've been through so much. We we probably we go through the hardest weeks, I believe, in the country. And at one at some point it's gotta pay off. And today it did, and it's only gonna keep paying off. And we're just gonna keep going, honestly. That's how it is. You had that uh sack late uh late there. I think it was in the fourth quarter that eventually led Notre Dame to take the go-ahead touchdown. How important was that play in your mind? And what was the feeling? to capitalize on that moment to kind of turn the tide of the game in the favor of your team? Yeah, honestly, my mindset was um, just put on for my for my brothers around me. I knew I had a chance to make a play uh, based on what they were doing. I could you know, kind of understand the things that they were calling and the new pass was coming and I knew I had to make a play for my team. And I kind of honestly just kind of blanked out and did what I had to do, so. Uh, right in front of you to your right, Mike Bernadette. Um, their center. Number 73 said something during the week that he was looking forward to playing here, but he didn't think 25 years from now he'd remember any of the people he played against. Did you know he said that? And what do you think he'll remember about your line? No, I honestly didn't know that. Uh, Try to stay off the Twitter and the Instagram during the week. Um, but I think he'll remember this one. So not much has to be said for that. All right. Thank you. That's fantastic. Uh, 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 that's really just a good life plan in general. Just stay off Twitter and Instagram during the week. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> Jake, a big fan. Right. Jacob Lacey, uh, five tackles today, two sacks today, two tackles for loss. Uh, just a great day for, for Lacey today. Uh, one carryover negative that we do have to talk about as far as the defense goes, JT Bertrand uh, at the uh, at the end of the game, getting the targeting call, uh He's going to miss the first half of next week. So. That's going to be tough. Yeah. I mean, you know, because, again, you're playing. I mean, there's five tackles gone right there. And you're playing a 
pretty explosive North Carolina offense. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, their defense has been, <laughs> been all that great. <laughs> no, no. But they're, they're – Borderline they sc- non-existent, really. Yeah, they score some <laughs> points, though. <laughs> and, you know, that's the <laughs> – you know that's going to be an interesting, but you you want all of your your, you know all of your guns, and you know, registering on and hitting on all cylinders going into a game like this because again this is something, you know, we played North Carolina and and beat them, and you know they they want some some payback. Sure, but I would encourage our guys to think you know, look at this, and and Marcus mentioned look at this as. A stepping stone, you know, and looking at it as one of many and not so much, you know, you got to go back, look at the film, make the corrections, of course, mm-hmm. but savor this because, again, you know, as he said, it's not easy to win at, at this level. And when people come into Notre Dame Stadium, they're looking to really lay, lay the wood to you. So they're going to bring you their best. And you got to understand that going in. So you need to prepare like that is that you're going to see the very best because you're Notre Dame and you're looked at differently. And that's fine. But go in there ready to play and look at this as an opportunity to get better. Now you're going to be be down a, a, a key key member of your defense, but that's just an opportunity for someone else to step up right. and yeah. show that they're capable of competing and playing at this level. Uh, we'll hear from uh, from a couple of offensive guys coming up uh, next. We've got uh, Chris Tyree, uh, which uh, is definitely got Reggie's ears perked up. Uh, we've also got uh, we're also going to hear from Drew Pine uh, after his first uh, start at Notre Dame, and uh, also the opponent's scoreboard still to come as well as we roll on with the official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by Saint Joseph Health System. And now it's time to take a look at how Notre Dame's opponents fared. It's the Under Armour Opponent Scoreboard presented by Under Armour, the official clothing and uniform providers of Notre Dame Athletics. Just underway at Ohio Stadium. Ohio State and Toledo are no score. Just underway in the second half, Marshall, after last week's surprise win over Notre Dame, having their problems with Bowling Green, 21-21 is the score just underway in the second half. BYU lost to Oregon today, 41-20. UNLV, easy win over North Texas, 58-27. Syracuse left it late, but they get past Purdue today, 32-29. A touchdown pass for the game-winning score with just seven seconds left in regulation. Later tonight, Clemson takes on Louisiana Tech. That's an 8 p.m. kickoff. Boston College seeks their first win of the season as they take on Maine. Kickoff for that game in about 15 minutes from now. And at 10.30, USC takes on Fresno State. North Carolina, Stanford, and Navy had the week off. And that wraps up this week's opponent scoreboard presented by your friends at Under Armour, the official clothing and uniform provider of Notre Dame Athletics, as we send it back to Notre Dame Stadium. Along with Reggie Brooks, here is Jim Arizari. Mentioned the USC game, seventy-one points for the over/under. I, it, I That's mean, ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, the, that, oh, USC has a potent offense. Yeah, so. but I mean, 
71. <laughs> Maybe it's that was eye popping. Like I like my eyes still haven't gone back into their sockets yet. Uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and start here from a couple of uh, offensive players today. Chris Tyree had a, a heck of a game. Here's his post game press conference. Yeah, I would say I've never lost my confidence just because every time I step on the field, it's just about taking advantage of every every opportunity I get. So um, whether it's two, three, four, twenty, I mean I'm gonna try my best to take advantage of all that, uh, every opportunity that I get. So um, even in coming into this game, it's been the same mentality. So I try my best to do that today, and we came out with the win. Uh, Drew Pine got his first career start today. What did you notice about his leadership throughout the game and his uh, demeanor? Uh, you know, through all the ups and downs. Yeah, his energy has always been really contagious. Um, it's a really positive, you know, hyped up um, energy that I really love as we, um, coming from a quarterback. But, um, you know, coming into the game, I think he was really confident in himself and confident in his teammates. And um, I think it showed today. Um, on your right, second row. Chris, how frustrating maybe were the first two weeks? Obviously losing the games, but not getting many of those touches. How difficult was that to process for you when maybe you thought you are going to see the ball more like like you did today? Yeah, sometimes that's just how the game goes. Um, you understand that, you know, your coaches put you in situations to get the ball um, to be successful. But, um, you know, it, it all comes down to what we see on defense and what we get. So, um, you know, if the ball doesn't come our way, I'm just playing the next play and trying to do everything I can to help my team win. And then in turn to them be more of a focal point of the offense today, help your team to victory. You know, how great of a feeling, how satisfying is that to – to kind of be a key in your team getting its first victory of the season. Yeah, it's a great feeling. Um, I mean, whether I get the ball or not, I mean, I'm always going to be happy with the win. Um, but, you know, it happened to go that way today. You know, I got a lot of touches and, you know, got the opportunity to show my skill set on the field. Um, you know, I'm blessed to be in this opportunity. So I try my best to take advantage of it every Saturday. Uh, left side, uh, a third row, Tim Priester. Chris, it was a tough start for the offensive line in the first half. I think they had four false starts on third down. Uh, and then things obviously picked up in the second half. What did you sense from them? What kind of communication did you have with them as your ground game took off? Yeah, I think the communication between the the line and, and the backfield is really clear. Um, you know, we have a great relationship from all five of them, even from the two, three deep, and then even from me down to Audric, to Logan, um, Javon, I mean, everybody. Um, we have a great relationship between those two positions. So um, anytime somebody is feeling down or, you know, not feeling, feeling themselves, um, you know, we're always going to be there to pick each other up. In the last sequence of the game, uh, where you're probably standing hopelessly along the <laughs> the sideline waiting for the defense to make a turnover that they they uh, they couldn't, but just what was your perspective on those three plays that were almost turnovers? Yeah, I mean, I, even I was telling DJ and uh, Brandon Joseph, they almost gave me a heart attack out there, man. Um, but, you know, it's, it's really exciting to football to watch, especially when it goes down the wire like that. Um, that's going to be a moment that we never forget. And, um, you know, I'm just happy we came out with the win. And then last question on your right, uh, third row, keeper. You probably don't want them all to be that exciting, do you? No, <laughs> not like that. Not in that way, no. Uh, you know, when your quarterback goes down, I mean, is there a sense among the backs and in, in the line that it's up to us to pick up the slack here and not – it's not his job? Like, was that was that part of the, the plan this week? Um, you know, we wanted to, to come into the game, um, you know, just emphasizing the run game from, from the jump. I think whether – whether Tyler was in or, or, or not, um, I think we were going to be able to run the ball. I mean, you guys saw that today, and uh, we take advantage of it. Um, I don't think it's a sense of, like, you know, like like a stressful anxiety, like, oh, my God, we got to get, get the run game going. Um, 
you know, we're all confident in our abilities. So just coming out here and trying to, like I said, take advantage of our opportunities is what, is, is what we're trying to do every Saturday. And that is Chris Tyree, 17 rushes for 64 yards, also five catches, 44 yards, and a touchdown today. That's a solid day. No, um, and I'm just glad that he's kind of finding his, mm-hmm. you know, place in the offense. And, I, again, I, I really think their identity needs to be predicated on effectively running the football. And, and I, and I – make the point of saying effectively run the football because as Marcus said, you're not <clears throat> you have to work with what the defense gives you, but there's also the importance of not, you know, I developing an identity as an offense, sticking with that identity, but, you know, adapting as you go. And when you you become a, an effective running team, it's effective because it, you're allowed. You're you're moving the ball, and it also opens things up in the pass game. So, you know, and I make a point of saying effective because just running into a brick wall is not the way to go. Right. But you also have to maintain a level of patience and consistency because that that helps players. And I, I talked about it with the offensive line. The more you, you know, pound the ball in there and take those three, four-yard hits, you know, over time it's going to open up. And, you know, somebody's going to pop one. And, you know, and he is one of those guys that can pop one. Found the volume knob up on that. All right, cool. <laughs> so somebody's got their phone hooked up to this computer. I don't know why. Uh, we'll stay on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, coming up, we'll hear from Drew Pine. His first career start today. We'll get uh, we'll get what he thought of today's game today as the official Notre Dame football post game show rolls on on Sunny One Hundred One Point Five and Sports Radio Nine Sixty WSBT. The official Notre Dame football post game show presented by Saint Joseph Health System. He's Reggie Brooks. I'm Jim Arizari. And uh, before we get to our players of the game, let's hear from uh, from Drew Pine. Part of his press conference uh, from the uh, the post game media scrum. Drew, what kind of pressure release is this for you, for Coach Freeman and the program? Just just to get a win, no matter how you had to do it, you you, you were able to get it done. Uh, you know, I don't think you know we rely on you know pressure too much. You know, I think that you know we just rely on execution, and uh, you know our defense played great today. Our O line played great today, and uh, you know when it comes down to it, we just got to execute and. You know, winning is a great feeling. You know, that locker room is is a memory that I'll remember for the rest of my life. And, uh, you know, I'm just so thankful to come out victorious. What did you learn about yourself as a starter? What did you learn about this team in this game today? Um, you know, I think deep down in my heart, you know, the way I was raised by my parents, um, you know, to never give up and, you know, not starting off too hot. But, you know, in my head, you know, I never give up. And, you know, that's how I'm going to be throughout the rest of my life, throughout the rest of my career, is uh, to never give up. Um, on your left, front row, Patrick Engel. Drew, we heard Marcus mention that you checked to a different play or went into something on the touchdown that Audrey scored. Can you kind of take us through that or what the original call was or what you saw? Uh, the, the one on, like, the two-yard line? I, I think so. I think that's what he mentioned. No, no. We actually ran the same play four times. And, you know, we just – our our uh, O-line, you know, was battling their butts off. And, you know, when we give the ball to Audrey, he falls forward. So – 
uh, you know, I trust those guys and it's pretty easy when I can just hand it off and, you know, score a touchdown. So it looked like we saw him and, and Tommy kind of coach you hard there for a minute in the first half. What was what's kind of goes into responding to that? And I guess, how did that kind of give you a jolt? Even yeah, yeah. First? I saw that video. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, you know, Coach Reese, I always, you know, I tell him to be hard on me. I texted him this Sunday and I said, I want you to be very hard on me in practice. I'm going to treat practice like a game and I want you to as well. And, you know, that's the standard he holds me to. And that's what, you know, I asked for. And I respond well to hard coaching. And, and because, you know, Coach Reese, I've known him for seven, eight years, and he just wants me to be at my best. And, you know, I prepared so hard. And, you know, to come out, you know, a little slow is, you know, he doesn't – that's not the standard he holds me to, and that's not the standard I hold myself to. And, you know, just coming out and finishing is – is uh, and never giving up and coming back. And the second half was, uh, you know, what he – the standard he holds me to. And, uh, you know, we have a great relationship, and I'm very happy that he's my coach. And uh, you know, he's going to keep coaching me that way and I'm going to keep responding that way. And, um, you know, that's how our relationship is. Um, on your right front row, Samson. Drew, did the sort of flow of the offense or the calls change a whole lot in the second half or would you just sort of chuck it up to like you guys were executing the better? Yeah. You, you know, the, it was, you know, the first three drives I didn't execute coach Reese got us in perfect looks and, you know, I just got to deliver the football and, uh, you know, it's, it's it's great because you learn from it, you come back from it, and you you go out and win the game. So, it, why can you take that style of coaching in the first half yeah. and have it actually work for you, for you in a positive way mm -hmm. in the second half? Because I don't think that's something everybody can do. Yeah, well, you know, ever since I got here, my freshman year, you know, he he held Ian to very high standard as well, and you know, as you guys know, I was very close with Ian, and so he held me to high standard as well. And so ever since my freshman year, I've been. He's coached me hard, but he's coached me hard to get me better in, you know, to make me a better person, to make me a better player and make me a better teammate and leader. So, um, you know, I know his message and, you know, some whether he yells, whatever, whether whatever, you know, it doesn't matter. He's he, whatever he's telling me, he's telling me that for me to get better. And he's doing it with great intentions and, you know, it worked. So, uh, you know, I, I, I play to, you know, put him in. You know, he puts us in a great position with plays, and, you know, I try to go execute them for him. And, uh, you know, just got to keep working. If you find that video, if you haven't <laughs> seen it yet, um, you're definitely going to want to hear. <laughs> you're definitely going to want to have, like, some headphones on or put it in your earbuds, uh, especially if you have kids, because, whew, that, uh, that, let's, let, that was some coaching. That was some coaching and, right there. And the thing about it, that... <laughs> That that is, you know, such a big deal is right. Is beyond me because it's like, okay, I'm sure that I'm sure that's happening in like at least ten other stadiums today. Yeah, and it just you know it's like when you know, the reaction from it, <laughs> it it you know most people that play the game, okay. Eh. That's just right. uh, that's he, like you said. It's coaching. Yeah, exactly. He's coaching them up. Yep. You know, and there's there's, there's, <laughs> there's choice language in getting coached. <laughs> Absolutely. And to be all right with that, and it's just like you know, I just find it interesting that you know, it it kind of shocks people, I guess, or right. they're kind of like, right. whoa, what is that? And I'm like, well, that's that's kind of how things go. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's football. Pretty common. Pretty, that, pretty that's common. football. That's so. a normal thing. <laughs> that's football. That that's really any sport, really. Sometimes. Yeah, and it just seems like it's like, oh, <laughs> a gas. It was like, 
I thought it was funny. <laughs> that said, I haven't seen an anger you know on the phone like that since like I saw my mom one time just chew out a a telemarketer one time. It was just about the same level of rage that uh, that Tommy Reese had. Uh, Drew Pine, seven, uh, 17 of 23, 150 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, certainly up for running as uh, as far as players of the game goes. Uh, Audric Estime had over 100 yards uh, all-purpose and a touchdown. Chris Tyree, over 100 yards all-purpose and a touchdown. Uh, uh, Justin Lacey, or, uh, Lacey. Jacob Lacey. Jacob Lacey, thank you. Uh, Jacob Lacey, you know, with, with the huge two game sacks. on defense, two sacks. Uh, Fo- Isaiah Foskey. Yeah, I Isaiah mean, Foskey, too. A very key sack that he had that really you know put them in a position to <laughs> to win the game you know yeah. as we said <laughs> as it was perfectly put as you re- win the game multiple times <laughs> we are rather heart stopping um but i you know hats off to drew pine and the offense but my money's going to go with isaiah foskey because that okay. was such a key he responded in such a yeah. key moment yeah, and you know, it, I would if Jacob Lacey would be player number two A or B. Okay, and mm-hmm. but that defensive line really responded. Yeah, to the being challenged, and you know they they knew. Hey, we didn't we didn't we didn't we didn't perform last week as we were capable of performing. So they stepped up, and we're going to need them to continue to step up because. You know, you still got, you know, that's Owen, Owen, one and two. Mm-hmm. You know, you still got a few games left. Oh, yeah. You know, I think it's, what, nine games left? Twelve games? Yeah. So, yeah. there's still some opportunity for you. And use this as a springboard to propel, you got, propel your team forward. And I love what Drew Pine said. It's like, said, you know, he's, he's it was done in, with the best intentions to right. make me a better player. Right. And a better teammate. That is that that really resonated with me to become a better teammate is what this team has to be, is to get more, you know, instruction like that and receive it as it is to get better. Mm-hmm. And the more they get better, the more they respond, and the more they come together as a team, the more success they're gonna have. Makes me feel makes me feel, you know, better for Drew Pine in that. He's comfortable with guys looking at him in that leadership role too, so might be in good hands. The, the, yeah, I, mean, I mean, there's still a lot of time left lot, in the season, and a lot of things to correct. Yep. But you know, it when you get that first win, you know, Coach Holtz would always talk about you know the momentum. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you know, momentum's always coming my way, but part of that is you effectively understanding. And Marcus kind of touched on it. That, that you know, not again, right? And you know, when you when you play tight, you, those t- opportunities you know will will escape you. But if you play with the mindset of momentum's always coming our way, good things are going to happen. Mm-hmm. Having that positive attitude, positive frame, and then going out executing on that mind frame, success is going to come your way. Safe travels back to Texas. Yes, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, definitely, it's always good. To, uh, I always said, you know, coming back here is coming back home. Yeah. You know, Notre Dame is home for so many guys, and it's just been great 
to see that you know we we you know send Manti back. It was, you know, yeah, to see that him. that was a yeah. those were great ovations seeing for him. Seeing Justin Tuck, you know, seeing a lot of these the great players coming back, and you know engaging in support of this team, and and sharing because we all bleed, you know, bleed and die blue and gold, mm-hmm. and to see this, these guys have success, that's important to us because. We, you know, you've been in that position, and you want to see them succeed, and have that those opportunities, but also to share in those stories that you have years later of the successes, but also, you know, the recovery from those difficult times. Right. Right. Notre Dame twenty-four, California seventeen. Notre Dame picking up its first victory of the season. Marcus Freeman picking up his first uh, victory as a head coach. Uh, also, you know, just hugely important there. Uh, North Carolina is next. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, should be. Uh, we will be, let's see, that's a 3.30 kickoff. So basically, like, everything's pushed like an hour ahead. Yeah. So uh, I'll talk to you then. Looking forward to it. Yeah, should be fun. Yeah, I, again, <laughs> we're just, you talk this, about that this, 70, could be, this could be one of those shootouts. Yeah, you talk about that 71 point <laughs> over under. Yeah. <laughs> I think this might fall in that that category. It's it, it's definitely going to be an eye popping number. Yeah, <laughs> so. I, I could not agree more. <laughs> so there we go. That uh, that right there. That is the official Notre Dame football post game show uh, for Reggie Brooks. I'm Jim Irizarry. We will talk to you next week after North Carolina. This has been the official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joseph Health System. Brought to you by Coca-Cola, Sirius XM, Chili's, Papa Vino's, South Bend Orthopedics, South Bend Airport, West Bend Insurance, Centier Bank, and ABC 57 News. Also by Pet Refuge, Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, OSMC, and the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 